Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and I'm very excited to be here today. We have yet another phenomenal guest with us. But before we bring this amazing woman on air, let's take a moment just to connect because when we are more connected to one another, we're able to fully listen and be present. So wherever you are, if it's safe, close your eyes and just bring your awareness into your heart space. And if you want, you can even place your hand on your chest. And the simple act of bringing your hand to your heart immediately helps us connect to this deep abode of our spiritual heart. And let's just take several rounds of breath so that we can feel the chest rise and fall with each breath in and each breath out. Bringing breath, inspiration into the heart and quieting ourselves so that perhaps we can feel and sense or hear the inspiration that wants to come from the heart space. The inspiration perhaps to tell your own story and be your own muse. What would you tell if given the opportunity? What would your story be? And then just simply take another deep breath in and out. And when you're ready, just opening your eyes and making your way back. So today we're talking about how to make your voice heard. And, you know, do you believe that you have a story to tell, that there are songs to be sung and voices to be heard about your life? your amazing life that you have lived and the passions that are deep within your heart. And how do you draw that inspiration forward? And so today's guest, Rochelle Claiborne, is an amazing woman that I get the supreme honor of speaking with. She is a singer, a songwriter, and a poet. And Rochelle is deeply passionate about life and she and the ability to celebrate our freedom and she does all of this through her own storytelling and her unique way of doing that. So let's please welcome this amazing woman to the show. Welcome, Rochelle. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course. I um, I have known Rochelle for, has it been decades now? I don't even know. Time is... Moving. I'm timeless, so I have timeless. no idea okay. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love this woman so much. She always has something sweet to say and brings brings it back home. So Rochelle has a, grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia. She's a native to this area and she has performed up and down the East Coast of the United States as a singer, actress, and poet. In addition to being a performer, she's a mama, a wife, a caretaker, a foodie. Yes. And, yes, and also a recent uh, addition to the Board of Directors at The Haven, which is an amazing organization here in Charlottesville 
that is a multi-resource day shelter that endeavors to end homelessness in the greater Charlottesville area, which is such a powerful mission. Yeah. They had amazing success already. Well, uh, my work at the Haven is really um, just a passion about people having space that they can call their own, where they can be themselves. Um, in a city like Charlottesville that has so much money, why are there people who don't have a home? Yeah. You know, why is there homelessness in a town? So many resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so my attempt to, you know, take on that fight um, as a board member um, it is relatively new, but I've been having a good time um, getting to learn more about my role and more about the guests there and how we can be of service, not just coming in saying, well, this is what I want you to do. This is what I think should happen, but really listening. And just like, I don't expect for you to come into my house and tell me <laughs> what I need to do in my kitchen. Right. Like, and let me make a meal for you first. And then you can tell me to add more salt and pepper and a little bit of garlic. You know, don't just come in thinking that you already know. So I try not to take that approach with that work. I try to very much be the humble student learning um, what I can before I make any type of um, statements that end up with my foot in my mouth. (laughs) Try to ask more questions than, you know, making statements. So, Well, and I love what you're saying about how to just deeply listen and be present so that you can, you know, hear um, what the needs are of someone else and what wants to come forward. And I would imagine, you know, that is what needs to happen when you're, you know, creating poetry or songs or you're on stage that you have to deeply listen within you to be able to be a creative and allow that inspiration to come through. And I love this idea about being your own muse and um, because so often we look outside of ourselves for that mm-hmm. inspiration and look at, compare mm-hmm. ourselves to other people's lives. Um, but how do you um, look inward for that inspiration and then look at your own life for that? Well, um, when I was in my twenties, it took a lot of Jack Daniels. Um, <laughs> did we meet at a bar? I think that was. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was at the makeup counter or at a bar, but it doesn't matter. I was trying to think of that. It was it was one or the other, but they were yeah. close together. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and, you know, everybody's journey is different. And my journey is uniquely mine, just like yours is uniquely yours. But from a young age, and I would say, and I call 22 young because you don't really know anything, right, at 22. You think you do, but you don't know anything. Um, And I apologize to all my 22-year-olds out there listening, (laughs) but you don't know anything. Um, Well, I'm always apologizing to my 22-year-old self, so... I mean, my 22-year-old self, I mean, she was bad, bad. She was fierce. She was unapologetic um, and had this need to go deeper spiritually, emotionally, and do the work, recognizing that her upbringing was not what she needed 
her mother did the best that she could do, but it wasn't enough. So at 22, 23, I decided I had to learn how to be my own mother. I had to give myself and pour into me those things that my mother never did. And luckily for me, I had um, other mothers that adopted me and uh, poured that kind of love into me. So I had an inkling of what it looked like. And what it ended up really being was that they were so gentle with me. They never told me I was stupid for thinking something that maybe wasn't, didn't have all the foresight that they had because of their experience, but they never told me I was stupid. They never told me I couldn't do something. They always encouraged me and supported me and loved me even when I made the biggest mistakes. And so learning how to do that for yourself is difficult because we are our own worst critics. And we beat our, I mean, I have a PhD in beating myself up. <laughs> I can relate. Yes, I'm sure there are many women out there who can. Yeah. And it's, it's partially learned behavior because I think like middle school <laughs> does that to you a lot. Just that's that hormonal thing. But if you don't overcome that, you know, it can lead to depression and bad relationships and just not taking care of yourself and not allowing that inner creative spirit to come out and to create what you are meant to create in the world. I feel like everyone, because we come from a divine creator, has that creative spark within us. So for some of us, it's cooking. Some of us, it's sewing. Some of us, it's the arts. Some of us, it's being on a radio show. (laughs) Um, Some of us, it's creating in the garden, creating more life, right? So there's not one person alive in my opinion, that can say that they've never created anything in their life. And I love how you point out that you, we are all creative. We just have different ways of expressing our creativity. And so it doesn't have to be in the form of a song or poetry. It can be like, like you said, cooking or gardening or I don't know, coloring. I love to color still as an uh, adult. My mom colors all the time. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, let yourself be creative and let that come through the way that it's meant to. And I want to talk more about that. But before we do, like, you know, at such a young age, you recognize that you needed to be your own mother, which is huge insight to have at that young age, especially when we think we know everything, but we really don't. But you had this, this guidance from within you saying, okay, there, I need to offer myself more. And you had beautiful um, role models showing you how, but how do you think that you you made that bridge between what your adopted mamas were showing you and then actually giving that to yourself? I read a lot of books. Hands down, that is the only, I mean, like, I've never been one to read other people's poetry or fiction because I feel like I live in a fantasy world. So I don't need to add that. But uh, so I just started reading like all of the Wayne Dyer books. I, I started reading Marianne Williamson. I started reading Ayanna Van Zandt. I just went through like the entire self-help section of every library and bookstore. And there were some things that were just garbage for me. You know, some things, <laughs> I'm so sorry um, for all of you who love The Secret. I read this book and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> This is like spiritual kindergarten. Like, I, like, I can't believe yeah. 
that the vibration of the world is so low that this is mind blowing, right? So some of it, again, I was like, okay, this is not for me, but you can always find something in, uh, in what you read, even if it's just that you disagree. Yeah. And it spurs, you know, self-inquiry and like a, and it gives you contrast so that Mm -hmm. you can sort out what you believe in. And, you know, the secret is one of those books that, you know, I think came out and it, it was, it did show the level of consciousness that we were at mm-hmm. as a collective. And that's what we could digest at that moment in time. But it was, there was a lot of missing pieces in that. And I yeah. think once we absorb that one piece, then perhaps we're ready to be shared some more wisdom so that we can digest that. And I, I do hope that we are at a level, I know we don't necessarily feel like it right now that we are rising in our level of consciousness, even through these challenging times. Yeah. Um, so that, we're ready for more information to come in that we can actually digest because we can't take it all in at once because no, it, no. I mean, you could probably read Wayne Dyer, all of his books over and over and over again and still Which get something out of it. Yeah. Which I do. Uh, you know, one thing I think um, it was in, um, you'll believe it when you see it or one of the earlier books, he said, um, you can't have a nervous breakdown because nerves don't break. I was like, <laughs> mind-blowing wow <laughs> you know for a 24 year old or 22 year old or tw- you know whenever I was at that moment when I read that that was absolutely incredible and so now at 50 I'm proud to say um you know yeah I know nerves don't break I got it I'm not I also you know didn't get that memo that it was okay for me to do that you know, there also is that shift of um, from youth into womanhood and then womanhood into motherhood, where I don't have time to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> if I go down, the whole ship goes down. It's like the Titanic. <laughs> so I need to get it together. So I think that for my journey, part of doing all of that emotional, spiritual work on the front end was so that I could be as strong as I needed to be be for right now. Yes. And so for everyone that's listening, that's, you know, of a younger generation, you know, don't wait. Like now is the time to dive in and do that deep inner work because it is the foundation that you can stand on that's going to be really super strong for you when more challenging times come. And the thing is, is that, you know, we think we have it so difficult when we're younger, but it is true for me, at least that when we get older, there's just more responsibilities and things that we have to manage. So we need that strong foundation that we can stand on so that, you know, the whole ship doesn't go down. Well, and also, you know, to give your children what you didn't have, you know, my daughter's had a gratitude journal since she was four. I would write in it for her when she could, because she couldn't read and write. (laughs) But and then she'll go back and I'll go back sometimes and look at like those early entries. And, you know, it's like, you know, what are you thankful for today? And she said, I'm thankful that I have panties. Because <laughs> she wasn't in a pull up. Right. Like that was her perspective. That was, you know, wh- where she was. And um, usually I made the cut, too. She was thankful for mommy. But <laughs> some days I did. Was that, was that your entry? No, no. Okay. I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. Uh, but, you know, but I, but I imagine, you know, what if I had had a gratitude journal at four? 
and kept that practice up throughout my teenage years. You know, what if I had had a mother that understood the world the way I understand it and could be more of a calming force for me and more of a grounding force for me, um, a a true home base Mm -hmm. so that no matter what happened, you know, I knew that I could come to this one person who would help me reset if I couldn't reset myself. Yeah. And it's that power, that practice of gratitude, because it is a practice, because if you're not Mm -hmm. practicing it and you're allowing the world to teach you, then you're going to be taught how to be fearful Mm -hmm. and And hateful and hateful. (laughs) Yeah, quite. It's true. Like fearful and hateful because the Mm -hmm. hate comes from fear. And, but if you learn and practice wherever you are, just because you're not four years old right now, you know, you can start at 50 and start that gratitude and build that, that strength. Um, cause you know, like you go to the gym, you don't go to the gym and look at that hundred pound weight and be like, Oh, I'm going to lift that today. Like, no, you're going to start over there with the piddly widdly five pounds. What's a gym? Oh, what's a gym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that could be another show we could talk about Rochelle. Like I don't get you back to the gym. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, just building that strength and, um, and we can do it at any age and it's important to do it at every age. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life is that it's okay to reset. There's no shame in resetting yourself and saying, you know what, let me start over. And today is just as good a day as any. Yeah. The reset button. And, you know, I love to just give yourself permission to reset Mm -hmm. because sometimes we realize that, oh, the trajectory I'm going Ooh, I thought that's where I wanted to go. And now I'm realizing I need to go another direction because that one is headed for the cliff. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you need to head to the cliff because it'll, you know, scare you <laughs> into going, you know, the other direction, which is usually the one, the one that you fight the most is the one that's just probably supposed to be going down. Yeah. The biggest spiritual lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I cannot believe that we're already at our first break. This I knew this was going to go so fast with you today, Rochelle. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Rochelle and uh, dive in a little bit more to how to become your own muse and uh, a little bit more about Rochelle and her story. So I can't wait to come back. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. 
you become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically and me, your host, Lindsay McCowan. I am here today with the lovely Rochelle Claiborne, and we're talking about how to become your own muse, to really draw from your own life, to share your story, your voice, and your power. So I would really love to dive into that a little bit more deeply, yeah. Rochelle, because you undoubtedly have one of the most powerful voices I have ever heard. And it's just loud. I, no, it's not just loud. It is loud, but it is beautifully it's loud and powerful because whatever you have to say, whether it's in your original poetry or your stage performances, your 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 singing voice, your one-on-one conversations, you just resonate resonate deeply. I mean, like every time I hear you, my, my heart just like, just resonates so much with your work and your voice. And, you know, we are living in a unique time in history where we, as women feel that our voices are um, being compromised by a few. And so what advice could you offer our listeners? Like, how can you stay connected to the power of your voice? Um, so I knew you're going to ask me this question, um, and I wrote down my three-point platform. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's hear number one. Yes. Um, so number one is you have to be open to yourself. You cannot tell the same story that you've been told or that you've been telling yourself over and over again, and just regurgitating the the lies uh, and the false truths that we tell ourselves. Um, You have to really be able to connect to yourself and be open to whatever that is. It may bring tears. It may bring anger. It's not always going to be unicorns and puppies and rainbows, right? And generally, because 99% of people have been through something in their lives, you know, that's what you hit first, you know, and you have to kind of push through some of that emotional, um, emotional baggage to get to the crux of, of, of who you really are. Um, and that brings me to step number two, which is you really have to commit to the process. So you can't say you're going to do it and then get distracted by TikTok or, you know, take that phone call. I mean, we do it. I, I'm addicted to read a core um, and like I'm designing stuff in the morning before I get in the shower. It's terrible. My husband gets so mad. Um, But you really do have to commit to the process. And if that means you have to carve out an hour a day to do this work or an hour a week or 15 minutes every morning just to meditate, then you commit to that and you do it. And then the last piece is to know your own worth. Know that you are uniquely you. There's no other you in this world. Even if you are a twin, 
you are still you. And so your unique perspective, your unique experience, your unique makeup, both emotionally and spiritually, is something that only you can express in whatever way you find is best to express it. The end. And I can see how these build on one another because, you know, to be open means to also be very vulnerable. Absolutely. And- there's a lot of work that has to happen in order for us to feel safe enough because there has to be a sense of safety in order for us to open ourselves up to vulnerability, which we inherently think is unsafe, but it's actually where our power lies, mm-hmm. that power that actually will drive the commitment to the work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can't be, you know, here and there, really, right. there has to be some consistency to it because it's like drilling a well, you know, mm-hmm. if you just drill, you know, an inch every month, you don't get very far, but every day you start to have that deep well that you can pull from for that inspiration and also to tap into your worthiness. I mean, Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you don't have the self-worth, then your life is dictated by a lot of habits and patterns that will take you in directions that you really don't want to go. Yeah. I like to use um, like the checking account analogy. Right. All of this is putting money into that checking account. You're building up your fi- your emotional finances. <laughs> and then when you need to make a withdrawal, you have it there already stored up. So that's where I get the inspiration for my poems, for songs, for, you know, ideas to write about um, when it comes to plays or prose or anything. Um, that kind of emotional bank that I've been building over the years. I absolutely love that analogy that, you know, you know, have that wealth right there that you can pull from at any point in time that you need it. And that is like, you know, we always are looking for the, the actual money, mm-hmm. the, the physical money in our bank. Um, but it is really that emotional worth that is priceless. Well, and especially as an actor, like I can, I can't count the number of times that I've had to draw on my own experiences and translate that into something for a character. Um, when I did uh, the, an adaptation of Macbeth uh, at the Jeff School, I played Lady Macbeth um, and we called it Black Mac because it was an all black cast and it was um, done in the um, African aesthetic. and. There's the scene at the end, my last scene is Lady Macbeth, where, you know, I've lost my mind and, you know, uh, and uh, there's like the ghost of this child, you know, that I'm talking to. And in my own personal life, I have lost a child. So, um, you know, I I lost him at five and a half months pregnancy. So that's not, you know, like there was a bond, there was a connection. So I had to go back to that. And every day that we had a performance, I had given myself permission to go to that place, that place of pain, that place of of hurt. Um, But I never fully committed until the very last show. I was like, okay, this is the last opportunity. And after I did that, not only was it like the best performance I had ever given of that, uh, for that character, but there was such a relief and release Mm. You know, it was so cathartic. And this had happened decades prior. Like, I had no idea that I was still carrying it so fresh. 
um, until I really and truly allowed myself to be open. Um, so yeah, it's definitely listening to this, like, you know, just hearing you. Cause I remember that, uh, that performance. I remember going and watching you and, and just feeling how powerful that performance was, but hearing the story behind it, I'm just, you know, I literally have goosebumps right now Mm -hmm. just to hear how just giving yourself permission to go to the pain so that you can actually pull from it, that there is something that you can pull from and also just allow it to have presence so that it can heal some more. Well, and I took that pain and made it into something beautiful. Yes. Right? Like, how cool are we as human beings that this is something that we can do? Birds can't do that. (laughs) They might have bird poetry out there, their songs and whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And that's, is, so that's how you become your own muse is like you mm-hmm. really tap in, be open and allow yourself to be vulnerable and tap into those stories. Because mm-hmm. even though there's many women out there who have had similar experiences, it's still uniquely yours and your perspective on it, the emotions that you have behind it and your particular voice and the way that you express it is, is powerful. I mean, and, how many nonprofits are started because someone had a horrific experience and wanted to change the world, mm-hmm. right? That's a creative use of pain, like a poem or a song on a stage. So, you know, it, if you let your pain uh, make you stagnant and keep you from moving, then the pain wins. If you <laughs> use it to fuel whatever passions you have, then you win. And I'm all about being a winner. Yes, you are. And I love, um, so let me ask you this. If we're not a, you know, an actress or a poet or a songwriter, how can we use our pain and our day-to-day life to bring forward something really beautiful? You know, sometimes, and it's, I know it sounds so cheesy, but sometimes it's just the interactions that you have with other people. You know, you being the example of how to move forward, sharing your story, um, you know, helping someone who's having a hard time going through something similar, just giving your perspective. It's that easy. It really is. Um, I don't, I'm a Scorpio. So, you know, people come up and tell me their life story all the time, but um, this is happening my whole life. Sometimes I'm like, why? Why me? Um, but I do find that when especially strangers come up to me and they share something so deeply personal, it's usually because I have a similar story or I know someone who's been through something and I can, if if I can't relate to them, I can at least empathize and give them encouraging words or a piece of information that they didn't have already to help their situation. Um, like and that's the like first step. They're being open and vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. And you recognize that and can and support them in that moment. And I think we all have those moments. We just choose to shrug them. You know, how many times have you run into someone in the grocery store and just started up a conversation, you know, about where the cheese is? <laughs> Instead of your deep well of emotional pain. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, but we, you know, we're, we're people who want to be connected to other people. 
right? So just even that conversation about cheese is a connection that you've made with someone in a grocery store and it felt great and then you went away, but we do this all the time. And sometimes it's meaningless. Unless that person just really needed cheese. <laughs> it is more powerful um, and well, maybe What if we looked at all of those interactions as meaningful? I mean, not that we have to look for a spiritual message mm-hmm. in the cheese, but. <laughs> <laughs> it makes your body work. That's all I know. I love cheese. But, you know, like not brush off those daily encounters that say, hey, just by having this brief conversation that seems like it's meaningless might have actually touched that person because they were really feeling, you know, that wellspring of pain coming up, but they just needed to connect with someone, mm-hmm. let them and have a random conversation. And that that's my point. Exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many times uh, working in cosmetics over the years, you know, I had an interaction with someone and then they came back to the counter and thanked me because they just needed to talk that day or that lipstick color just brightened up their whole day and they felt so good about themselves or I'll never forget this sweet one. She was like 80 going on a first date with this 80 something year old man. Uh, it was like the cutest story ever. And um, I was like, well, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? She said, well, he's going to take me out to dinner. And if he doesn't pay, there won't be a second date. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but then she came back and she told me that he did pay and she thanked me for the makeup. And she said, you know, I think I may have found, you know, my end of life partner. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and at, you know, 30, I didn't quite get it the way that I get it now. Um, but that was just a beautiful thing. And all I was doing was my job. But it meant well, so and much not to just her. your job as, you know, a makeup artist, but your job as a human being like really listening and being mm-hmm. present to someone. And this, that was 20 years ago. And you still remember that story. And still remember her face. I can see it to this day. Mm-hmm. Those powerful, powerful connections. And I think it's so important just to, to really reiterate that because these small connections can be incredibly powerful. And then it makes us not, for me personally, I feel like when I have these small conversations and connections, I feel like my, my, my cup becomes more full and I'm not looking outside of myself for something really big and fancy and shiny. Mm -hmm. It's all those little moments that really feed and enrich my life and create, um, you know, a little paragraph for each chapter that I want to write one day. Yes. You can start that today. Um, (laughs) But also, you know, it goes back to that gratitude though. Right. Mm -hmm. So really, being thankful for those moments too, that even if you didn't see the value for you personally, that you maybe touched somebody else's life and that you were a blessing to them. You know, blessings come in all shapes and sizes and forms. So you never know when you are going to be a blessing to someone else and when someone else is going to be a blessing to you. You know, and sometimes, you know, we, there's so many moments that I have had where I have felt like, oh, uh, I'm not reaching anyone. I'm not, you know, I was really down on myself. I would get an email or run into someone and they would share how much something I said or did touch their life. And mm-hmm. I was, oh, mm-hmm. wow. And it, not that, you know, our, we all have egos, you know, but not that I needed my ego to be stroked, but it was one of those moments that I needed my eyes to be open. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and to have someone share that was really, really beautiful. And, and it's always encourages me to go out and say, you know, send a card, snail mail. Like we, you can still do that people like oh, and, yeah. and getting a card in the mail or sending a voice memo when someone, you know, face pops into my head and I'll just send them something. I'm thinking about you. I think you're amazing. Or I think that strengthens our bonds and also strengthens us. Well, I completely agree. And I, for years, if I have seen a woman just walking down the street and I think she looks fabulous, I say, excuse me, ma'am, if no one told you this, you look amazing today. Or I love your haircut. It's so sassy. Girl work, right? Because we are so quick to tear each other down and we don't spend enough time just recognizing something that is already perfect and flawless, Mm. which we all are in our in all of our imperfections, right? We are perfect. So um, I've always felt that that was important to do. And it's so cute to see my daughter doing that with her friends, right? Setting that example. And uh, I mean, they're all weird. So I don't know. (laughs) They speak like a whole different language. What is it with these kids? Um, Have I just gotten old? Is that what happened? Uh, I, I so. won't say that you have gotten old, but I do believe that uh, our parents probably thought the same things about us. Just I re- Oh my gosh. I remember like rolling my eyes because my mom couldn't program the VCR. And now my daughter is rolling her eyes because I'm like, show me how to do this thing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Right as, there. My hus- as my husband would say, it ain't so fun when the rabbit got the gun. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means, but I'm laughing. <laughs> laughing. You don't know Elmer Fudd and Bud's uh, Bunny. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are the same age. <laughs> so um, we are up to our second break already. Um, so what? How did that happen? I know. It's crazy. So this is the last break of the show, but stick around because I have a lot more questions for you, Rochelle. And I'm really hoping you're going to share one of your poems with us. So Yes. He, it, not only are her points powerful, but the way she presents them is amazing. So no pressure for you, Rochelle. Not that you would succumb to that anyway. <laughs> we will be back shortly after this break with Rochelle Claiborne. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are honored to be having an amazing conversation with Rochelle Claiborne. And before we went to break, we were talking about how to stay connected to your voice. The the three-step process that Rochelle shared was to be open and to be committed and to know your worth. Um, and so as we come back, I would I just want to dive right in and see if you'll share one of your poems with us. And I believe you said the inspiration for this one was your daughter. Yeah, this is actually um, Cheyenne poem number five. Uh, there were four more before this one. <laughs> I'm so clever when I Very come clever. up with my titles. Um, so I'll just give a little background about why, um, I came up with this. We, um, we went to the river and, um, I'm a, an Iyawo in Ifa, which is a priestess, uh, in training. Um, and my Orisha is Oshun and she's the energy of the river. Um, so, uh, Weekly, I go to the river to make offerings, to just sit, uh, to be with that energy. And um, this was one time that my daughter went with me and um, I was inspired by our experience there. So this is that poem. I took you to the river, both in our whites, chocolate skin, grabbing sunbeams and just showing off. You don't have elekes yet, so you wore your love beads, and I wrapped your head in your muzzy. You'd never made an offering before, so proud to be so grown up in your spirituality. You look like me, and it's beautiful. I want to give you what I never found in church. The closest thing to this was when we had a drummer for a revival, and the rhythm seemed to speak from the middle passage, drowning out the singing and the shouting. I want to teach you what I didn't know about power and femininity, not at eight, like the difference between sexuality and sensuality, between love and desire, between respect and fear, between wanting and needing, that prayer was asking for food and faith was setting the table. No one told me I could have conversations with those who could no longer speak that my words could influence forces of nature, that I myself was a force to be respected and honored, that the river could not only wash away, but be an instrument of manifestation, that my daydreams were oftentimes visions and the magic of God was inside of me. So I took you to the river to show you how to access your black girl magic, to connect you to what protects you, protects us both. I took you to the river to introduce you to yourself. Mm. I just got to take a deep breath in. I know it's not good to have silence on the air, but I feel like that poem just needs a moment, a pause to really soak that in. It's incredibly powerful and beautiful, which I knew it would be. This is the first time I've heard this one. And 
Um, I think all the mamas out there, I mean, I'm not a mother and it's resonating with deeply within me, this, just thinking about sharing the difference and teaching the difference between sexuality and sensuality to know your own power and your own worth and that you are that river of femininity is so beautiful. Well, and it's like what we talked about before, you know, being your own mother, you may not have children, but this is part of you mothering yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, recognizing these things within yourself that, and that's why I think it resonates with people, even if they're, um, and yet if they haven't become mothers yet. Yeah. And so I'm curious, how would you define the difference between sensuality and sexuality? Well, sexuality is really about the act, right? It's, it's really about, um, it's really about not the lure, not the feminine, um, grace that sensuality is about, but it is about attracting for that purpose. And, um, that and sensuality for me, because uh, I'm using feminine um, here. Uh, apologies to my non-binary friends, um, but the sensuality piece is really more about the dance, about the dance of attraction, about the dance of intrigue um, between partners. About not, and it's not necessarily even about a partner. It could be just about you loving yourself. And that very um, gentle yet soothing way that sensuality can be. So that's how I would. And, you know, oftentimes when I hear your poetry there, I can sense that dance of sensuality between you and your inspiration. Mm, Thank you. There's this, this beautiful, you know, sometimes the dance is pretty rough and Sometimes it's more like crunking, and sometimes it's more of a waltz. Sometimes it's just this delicate, you know, like a, if you think of all the different forms a river takes, you know, it can be a raging river where a dam has broken, or it can be this slow meandering Mm -hmm. stream that you can, that just kind of lulls you. So you have all of that in you. And I just appreciate you sharing one of your many, um, creations that have come from that dance and um and with you know you know we've been talking about how to become your own muse but you know we still need inspiration from others for sure obviously from our inner inspiration is important but um and you received inspiration from your adopted moms you know Mm -hmm. how to be your own mother and caretaker um but is there anyone else out there that you feel has been really just giving you like a piece of advice that has really landed and stuck with you? I have so many teachers in my life and I'm so blessed and thankful for all of them. Um, And at different stages of my life, different people have met different things, but my one um, auntie, mother, sister, friend, said something not to me about me, but to me about someone else who, um, you know, we couldn't understand why this person was acting in the way that they were acting. Um, And she said, you know, you shouldn't try to steal what you already have. Mm. And that just stuck with me. 
And, and because I think we do, we feel that we're not enough. So we're always trying to take, to get more, to make us feel better, to get more of things externally and internally, to make us feel like we are more than we were five minutes ago. But in actuality, it's always been there. It's always there. We just have to tap into it. So that feeling of enoughness, that feeling of being worthy, that feeling of having uh, what you need is there. Uh, Another thing that comes to mind is what you think about expands. Yes. So if you constantly are in a lack mindset, you will have less. If you, that's why we practice the gratitude journal, right? If you are thankful and grateful for all that you have, all of your blessings, then more blessings will come. So um, that one I know in particular has been um, powerful. And then one of my favorite things to say, my daughter hates it when I say it because she knows that it's time for her to do something. (laughs) Many hands make light work. Yes. So you know, get your hands over here, (laughs) get your hands over here, girl, clean up that room, empty that dishwasher, get that load of clothes going. But I mean, but if you think about it in a community sense, right? Like if there's something that is going on in your community and you feel like you need to change it, many hands will make that work lighter. If you've got the idea, somebody else may have a missing piece for funding and someone else may have a missing piece to get um, actual physical labor going uh, to help move the project along, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and then you don't, you know, and we forget that because we, you know, our society kind of breeds us to think that, you know, we have to do everything on our own because mm-hmm. that will that will prove our our worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that we do on our own, the more accolades we'll get. But all we're doing, what we're getting more of, is more exhaustion and depletion and separation. Mm-hmm. And if we do come together with those many hands, we can realize that all of our visions can come into fruition. And it's not serving just one; it's serving the many. Exactly. And, and I just love. And then we, and that feeds into like, okay, you can't steal anything that you don't already have. Like we can come together in community and serve one another from that place of wholeness Mm -hmm. and that place of self-worth instead of that fear or lack or that someone might steal my idea or they'll get all credit. Um, Instead, just be like, okay, I'm showing up and I'm here to be of service. And in that amazing things can happen. Um, Yeah. And service is really the key. I mean, this goes back to the beginning of the show with the Haven, right? Like what can you do to be of service to your friends, your partner, your children, your community? You know, what can you do? Because we are not, you know, the Justin Timberlakes of the world, you know, like when when we go cross over to the other side, the value and the worthiness of our life's work will be in the memories of those who loved us. Mm, yeah. So what memories are you creating? What memories are your children going to have of you? Is it that you were always tired and burnt out and never had time to play with them? Or is it that you loved them so fully in the time that you did have because you worked a lot to put food on the table, right? Like that's your choice. And it comes back to what you said that what are you what you're teaching them is what they're going to carry and recreate for their own lives. If you're showing up exhausted and overwhelmed, 
and not fully present, then they're going to learn, oh, that's what I need to do mm-hmm. when I'm an adult. But you're teaching, hey, like gratitude, let's mm-hmm. you know come together, let's be of service, mm-hmm. let's go to the river and do this beautiful ritual and, and instilling that so that that becomes the memory that will feed their adult lives. Mm-hmm. And that's how we see the bigger changes that we want to see. Absolutely. I mean, I say all the time, I'm standing on, you know, the backs of my ancestors and I am their wildest dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we live in this time where I can talk to you on a video screen, <laughs> you know, 200 years ago, people called us witches and burned us at the stake. <laughs> They still cross witches and furnace well, other ways. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's another conversation. That's that's the next show. Um, but no, but you know the fact that we are living in this time where we have this abundance of resources and we can do amazing things. Um, if we don't take the opportunity to be of service and to make those changes in the world, we've let down all of our ancestors, and we have no future. You know, I don't want to leave and I don't want my child to inherit a planet that's unlivable. Yeah. You know, I don't want my child to inherit a mindset that is destructive. Yes. We forget about that piece. Yes. Because it's the mindset that will determine what we do and the actions that we're taking. So we have to have the mindset that will lead to the solutions that will create a world that is livable. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to my platform, you know, open yourself up, you know, be vulnerable. See, think about the ways that you have um, maybe uh, not been as kind to the earth or yourself or your family or whomever and make those changes and then really commit to making those changes. And then know that that is only adding to that emotional and spiritual piggy bank. Yeah. Well, thank you for wrapping that all up. I mean, because we're at the end of the show. Oh, this was fun. Thanks for having me. I know. It's just incredible. And yes, next show, we will definitely have you back on if you're willing. Um, And so for those of you that are listening, just continue to join us every week on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically. And I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and we are live every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern. And this is Rochelle Claiborne, and you can find her at RochelleClaiborne.com as well as on Instagram at the underscore Rochelle underscore show, the Rochelle show, if you, which is a phenomenal show. I hope you bring that back again. Um, but so with that in mind, Go out there, be open, be committed, and know your worth because you can't steal something you already have. Thank you so much, Rochelle. Love you. Thank you, Lindsay. Love you too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.